This is Tuesday, July 20th, and we're continuing our study of the book of Numbers from the Old Testament, and the study is entitled, Living Free. Now, the couple struggled in their marriage for years, but something happened that they sought out a counselor. The woman had left her husband. She packed up quietly one morning when he was not at the house, and she moved to an apartment to live by herself. Now, mind you, for years she'd been begging her husband to see a counselor, but he had always refused. For years she had lived with his dramatic mood changes, angry outbursts, and lying. It was the lying that was the worst. She suspected he'd been spending time with someone else. And whenever she asked, whenever she brought up the subject, there was anger and more of it. Gone were the moments of connection and love between them. She felt she'd tried everything to help them move forward, to help them seek help. And she just couldn't continue any longer. Now here's our text for today, Numbers 14, verse 39 to 45. When Moses told these words to all the people of Israel, the people mourned greatly. They rose up early in the morning and went up to the heights of the hill country, saying, Here we are. We will go up to the place the Lord promised, for we have sinned. But Moses said, Why now are you transgressing the command of the Lord? When that will not succeed, do not go up, for the Lord is not among you lest you be struck down before your enemies. For there the Amalekites, the Canaanites, are facing you, and you shall fall by the sword, because you have turned back from following the Lord. The Lord will not be with you. But they presumed to go up to the heights of the hill country, although neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed out of the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and defeated them and pursued them even to Hormah. Now this turning point in the book catches us off guard. Here's why. The congregation of Israel, well, they'd already decided not to enter the land. They deemed it too dangerous. They listened to the the negative report of the ten spies. They didn't trust the Lord. They believed they would not succeed. The spies had seen fortified cities, and they became afraid. But now the people are choosing to move forward. Why are they doing this now? What has changed? We see, they had heard from Moses the consequences of their disobedience. Before, they refused to enter into the land, and now they're ready to go. They're not moving forward because their hearts have changed. No, they have heard that since they will not trust the Lord, they will die in the wilderness. The Lord will wait until the next generation was ready to lead them into the land. Now, we need to understand why they decide to enter into the land at this point. Again, it's not because of a real heart change. No, they are avoiding the consequences of their earlier actions. Sadly, they will go into the land alone and they'll be defeated just as they feared. The Lord would not be with them and would not protect them. The Lord did not fight for them. Now let me return to that couple that finally showed up to see a counselor. They were not there because the man experienced a change of heart. 
the man did not really want to solve the problems between him and his wife. No, he, he just wanted her to come home. He didn't want to live with the consequences of his actions. Indeed, in the first meeting with the counselor, the man said, If I come to counseling with you, will you now come home? And of course, she did. If she did, she knew that counseling would likely end. It would end quickly. Now, what we are looking at here is the difference between true and false repentance. False repentance is more concerned about removing consequences than repairing a relationship. In our text today, the people do not fall before the Lord in true repentance and grief and confess their unfaithfulness. No, they attempt to go into the land and do this on their own. They're trying to prove something to the Lord, and they fail miserably. Now, I'm not happy to report that that couple never did come back together. There was never a true repentance and a seeking after healing in their relationship by that man. You see, that would require real repentance. And that's the difference. Real repentance cares less about the consequences and again, more about the state of the relationship. It is sadness and grief over the separation, the rift between the parties. In this case, the people and the Lord. Here's a word from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Now, of course, this begs the question, how can we experience true repentance? And two thoughts come to mind. First, we must practice repentance every day, taking time to notice those things we have done that pull our hearts away from God, that are more about self-dependence than a healthy dependence on Him. Living a life of repentance keeps our hearts tender toward God and aware of our need for His grace at every turn. And second, we ask God to prompt us by His Holy Spirit to, to reveal our hearts to us. Sin is deceptive and blinding, but God can and will open our eyes to our condition and our need for Him. He doesn't do this to destroy us, but to open for us the way to life. And when we see our own hearts and receive His grace, we're not fleeing from the consequences. We flee from sin and our independence from God. Let's pray. Gracious and loving Father, it's true. We're so blind. We're blind to so much of our sin and our pride. And you're patient in your love, always wanting us to come to repentance because you want us to have life. Pour out your Spirit on me today that I might see my need and rest in your forgiveness. For I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.